All right, so we are holding in, uh, in letter 10. We are on page 144. So uh, we started last week, it was kind of more of an introduction because the way, the way Rav Hirsch kind of presented um, his basic outline, what we'll call the, uh, maybe the philosophy, the ashkaf of, of Yiddishkeit, um, it's, it presents a world that, uh, that Hashem created an entire world, a world of, uh, of chesed and mishpat, the world of interacting parts, right? And everything in the world is kind of part of this, this, this Yeshua Shalom, part of this circle of life. And a person is as well. A person, though, of course, has Bechira. You have a Klal Yisrael whose role is to make sure that, uh, that uh, you know, they're the nation that is designated by Hashem to be the dogma for the rest of the world. Um, and, that's, and, that's, and that's what it's all about. Uh, now, though, the question that uh, that the shayol over here asks is: is that where does how does that do with anything? I mean, we, we look at the shulchan aruch, you look at the halachas, the mitzvahs, tayag mitzvahs. Yes, like wh- where does the connection between what the Torah demands of you and this beautiful ideal that Rav Hirsch is presenting as the tachlis of Klai that the Torah is meant for a person to engage with the world, to be part of the world, to give to the world, to contribute to the world, right? To exercise chesed and mishpat in the world. Where does that, when you open up a shachar you get to see a bunch, of, a bunch of little black and white halachas. Like, where, where are you getting that from, you know? And, uh, and so Rav Hirsch says, Rav Hirsch says, and this is being a little bit critical, he's like, look, you know, over the last thousand or so years, We've been in a very, very difficult situation, right? We've been uh, in a less than ideal uh, historical situation. We've been cut off from the rest of the world. And so it's, uh, it's no secret, it's, it's not a surprise that, um, that we don't see a way of connecting our mitzvahs with the world, with the world around us, because we've not really been able to participate in the world. We've been busy surviving, we've been busy not being killed, right? And so it's kind of been very difficult. He says, but... You know, you have to look at it again, read the Torah again, read it with the spirit in which it was given, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be able to come to an understanding. Now, you know, I, I just wanted to point out, that, you know, in the first, in the first half of the Sefer, which, which we said was like the summary or the introduction to what he planned on putting out, the Sefer called Maria, which was the Hashkafa of Yiddishkeit, which he never put out for whatever reason. Um, that's kind of that introduction, right? Uh, I, you know, most people say you'll get most of what he probably meant to write I've been learning his Pirish on Chomish. Okay. And then throughout the rest of his collected writings as well. The second half is what's really the summary or introduction of the Sefer Chayre, which we do have. Um, and as he points out here, this is going to be this very, very general. If you're going to want to get more into the weeds, you'll have to actually read the Sefer Chayre. But I think that even more than Nerf Hirsch's first half of the Sefer, Nerf Hirsch's first half when he talks about Ashkafa, I think there's some Chidushim here. Right? The ideas of... Uh, of Klai Yisrael or Legayim, which is not the first one to say it, but his focus on it, his focus on this world as a place of, 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 uh, of you know, of, of what we would call now, Isaac be Yeshuvah you know, like uh, when Ravar Lapiansky wrote Ben Ter for Life, which we learned previously, so he makes, you know, he talks a lot about this idea of Isaac be Yeshuvah right? Because if you're going to be talking and writing a safer for working guys, you're going to have to give some sort of meaning to work, right? You can't just, uh, otherwise, what's the point, right? And he makes no mention of Rav Hirsch. And so I speculated that, you know, he didn't want people to read it and say, oh, this is Tarim Nerecher, so this is, you know, and I, I confirmed that with him, that, the, you know, he didn't want to, you know, the, he wanted to show that even in the classic traditional sources, you have these ideas. But the second half, when he talks about mitzvahs, I think, I think we may find it to be even more of a chiddish, even the last week, Nachi accused me of just being chassidish. Um, I think that there's, it, it's, it's, you'll read it and you may actually be a little bit surprised, right, in, in the way that he formulates the mitzvahs and the purpose of mitzvahs and the way he classifies the mitzvahs. 
right? It's, it's a little bit different than I think most of us are used to. Um, and so I want to just give a, a, two basic introductions. First of all, the Hirsch writes this many, many times, and this should be obvious, right? Is that this idea of, of, uh, of reasons for mitzvahs, an idea of classifying mitzvahs, right? So first of all, the Gemaras did it already, right? Rav Hirsch has in one of his essays a long list of Gemara, in Chumash, in Pirish HaChumash, a long list of places where the Torah actually gives reasons for mitzvahs, right? Gemara gives all sorts of reasons. We have a machleik is whether you Dirish time at the crow, whether a reason for a mitzvah could impact the halacha of the mitzvah, but in terms of darshaning, you know, the, the, the hashkafa and the reasons of mitzvahs, that's kind of, it's from the Gemara's days and the Rishayinin, this is not, Rav Hirsch is not inventing this. Um, but at the same time, understanding that ultimately we're put in this world to be servants of Hashem, to do the rest in Hashem, and to do Hashem's will, to choose of our own free will to do His will, which means that regardless of whether we understand His will, regardless of whether we know what we're doing, right, we have to do it, and that itself is a tremendous privilege. You know, we, we, there's a tremendous amount of sipak of knowing that you're doing something that Hashem wants you to do. Now, what its impact is and what its purpose is, Right? So it's important for us, ultimately, right? I, you know, the, the, the mushal I gave, I think I gave it a few weeks ago, where you know, a guy wakes up in, in, in a spaceship, right? He's this, he sees himself in like this capsule surrounded by millions of buttons, and he has no idea what he's doing, he has no idea where he is, what he is, right? And he has like this book that tells him, you know, you have to do X, Y, and Z, right? Gives him a whole long list. Press this button every three days, press that button, turn this, press this, open this, shut this, right? Turn this valve, heat this up. And like, you may do it because you feel like this is what I have to do, right? Someone tells you, hey, this is what you're... But like, if you don't know what you're doing, you don't realize hey, that this button actually you know, powers up the engine. This one slows it down. This one turns on your energy shield. This one puts on your solar panel, right? If you don't understand it, you, get, you may get burnt out pretty quickly. Just pressing, it gets very monotonous. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the spaceship and I'm... Uh, yeah, this is... I'm, uh, yeah, I see your NASA on it, America, great. But without having an understanding of, of what you're doing, of the general outline, it, be- it can become very, very difficult. Right? And so understanding this idea of, of, of understanding reasons for things, understanding the philosophy behind it is very useful for us as a way of, of inspiring. It also will make a very big difference for, for, for what you focus on, right? So like for example, you know, the Hasidim have, you know, uh, their, their hashkafa, you know, pertains a lot to like spirituality and dveikas and connection. So obviously there's going to be a, a bigger focus on mitzvahs like davening. Right? And Yom Tevim, and what we call Heilige things, right? Because that's, that's what it's all about. Okay, the other mitzvahs, okay, we'll figure out why we have the other mitzvahs. But in terms of what the purpose is, right? So understanding, you know, your hashkafa of the mitzvahs will also tend to give you a little bit of a focus on, you know, on, on what you should be, right? It's like, you know, uh, Rav Aaron gives the masha work, Rav Aaron Lapiansky, by the way, and this year Rav Aaron is Rav Aaron Lapiansky, just because we're, this has really been terrible for life share, right? You know, if, 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 you, if you give someone a present, right? You, give, you see someone, you know, a man giving a woman a box with a beautiful wrapping, and he gives it and it's a, a present, Right? And you see the wife, is, and the woman is very excited. If you don't know what it was, so then, okay, so, you know, you could say, hey, maybe this was a, a birthday present, right? So what, what, what's the focus? Is the focus the wrapping? Or is that what it's about? Is it the thing inside? Well, what was the present, right? Is it, was it an anniversary? Knowing and understanding what was happening, the action, will help you understand what you should do better, right? If you're going to go over to your wife and give her a nice fancy box, but you put a dirty uh, sock in it, that's not going to do anything. Right? Why? I he you know, he gave a box. Of, understanding what was what it, it could help you really, you know, understand how to do things properly. Okay. So the mitzvah of Hirsch, since of Hirsch is very focused on this world, right? The idea that the purpose of man is to take this world and to be a world of people serving Hashem, participating in this world, being Isaac 
creating and contributing to, to, to a world of people that are choosing to serve Hashem, elevating everything in the world. That is what it's about. So the mitzvahs are going to be focused on that. Right? That is how he's going to understand the slant of the mitzvahs. Okay, let's, let's start page 144. Again, I should give you only basic outlines. Like he said, right? The first half of the Bagoso on the Ashkafa part, it's a basic outline, and he had planned on writing the Sefer Maria. Here too, right? General views of the various sections of the law, hardly more than a mere naming of captions and concepts, right? Just going to basically say the concepts very quickly while reserving for the future both the needed elaboration and the explanation of the reasons for them, right? The actual mitzvahs also. So in Chayrev, it's not just the Taimeha mitzvahs, it's almost like a Sefer Achinuch where he gets into a lot of halacha as well. Chayrev also gave an outline of the halachas of mitzvahs. And again, you may read my statements as if they were mere hypotheses. Although in truth they are not. You think I'm just kind of just making a suggestion. Every opinion which I shall express is a product of many years of study of Tanakh, Talmud, and Medjish. So I'm just writing it very bekitzer, but rest assured that I looked into this. Every detail and every point finds corroboration in the Talmud. If only we seek to grasp their basic meaning, asking at every step, what have I heard here? What is the essential meaning of this particular thing? What is its purpose? What symbolic act was ordained for it? And what is this underlying significance as comprehended from the context and intent? So in other words, we, you know, I, we've all read a lot of the same Gemaras and Psukim and Midrashim, and yet we're very different. We came up with a very different thing. Right? We, didn't, we weren't Machavin to Rav Hirsch. Rav Hirsch, you have to know how to look at things. You have to look at the context of things. The Hirsch has a lot of rules about the way he understands mitzvahs, right? The idea of symbols, which is so important to Rav Hirsch, which we'll get to. Right? The idea of expressing things symbolically, right? That, you know, like, uh, you know, it, it's, it's for example, like I'll give you a quick example. We'll get to all these, like bris milah, right? So the Rambam will write that, you know, the act of bris milah actually is a physical, it curbs a man's, you know, uh, drive. It's an actual physical, right? And again, and medical people can debate it, but Rav Hirsch is like, that's not necessary. There's a symbolic act of being mul, the arla, which is in itself significant. Doing things that are symbolic, right? Simanim, Shabbos is an ice, right? Symbolisms are important. But now understanding symbols are very important. The context is very important. There are rules for interpreting symbols, right? You can't just say, and Rav Hirsch has, you know, has a whole volume in his collected writings dedicated to understanding how to understand symbols. Right? You know, so, uh, you know, if you have a, you know, a, a, a catcher giving a symbol to the pitcher, right? There's no significance to one finger, two fingers, right? It's just, it's just random, right? You can make up your arbitrary symbols, right? But there are, right? And the Torah can't be like that, right? The Torah, is, the Torah is giving us a symbol. We have to be able to understand. We have to understand the symbol, right? You can't give a mitzvah to shake a lulav and then not give us the tools for understanding what it's meant to be. Right? It can't just be something going on in the hymnals which we have no understanding of. So there are a lot of rules about, we, right? And the context of Hirsch, for example. The Ramam writes that when being Dirish at Taimi HaMitzvah, and it's based on a Medrash, that the details don't really matter. It's just the general, the general mitzvah is given as a reason, but the specific details, that's just whatever. Letzare Fesabrius is the lesson of the Medrash, right? So you have all these little details of every mitzvah. Don't focus on that when it comes to Taimi HaMitzvah. And of Hirsch, it can't be. Right, it's like uh, if, if you have a, sometimes he says a detail of the mitzvah could undermine the whole mitzvah if you don't if you're not understanding it properly. You know what I mean? So every detail in Rav Hirsch, right, is gonna is gonna all be consistent, right? Rav Hirsch has a, an essay on tefillin. He goes through every single aspect of tefillin. The four parshas. Why in the Shalosh it's four? Why in the Shalyad it's one? Why is the four the shin with the four lines? The black, the ritzuis, the knot, the box, the titura, the square. The, every every single detail has to stem because if you're giving a symbol, there has to be pshat in it, right? 
So, so this is these are you know. So Hirsch is saying, look, I'm going to give you now the conclusions, but rest assured, this is not just some haphazard throwing stuff out there. But this actually is, and and the more you learn of Hirsch, you begin to appreciate a lot more of, of you know of, of 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 the things that he was saying. Now he says a few a little more introduction. We have to distinguish carefully between Torah laws and rabbinic laws. Very very important. Comprehending the former by considering the nature of the subject. So, so Torah, if you want to understand the Torah, you have to understand what, what's going on over here. While seeing the latter as aids to the practical observance of the law. Torah are meant to help a person do a dairaisa. They're meant to prevent you from being over on dairaisas. They're meant to, you know, sometimes enhance the dairaisa. But Torah is never the point. Right? That's not the point. Right? There are some mitzvahs Torah maybe, right? Seven mitzvahs Torah maybe. Right? Hanukkah, Purim, different kinds of things. But in general, Torah are meant to enhance and to protect the dairaisa. And so it's very, very important to be able to distinguish between the two, right? You know, uh, you know the, the, the understanding. I, the example I always like to give is like Shabbos, right? Because when we, when we talk about Shabbos, it's always like the key of aspect of Shabbos, so beautiful, sitting around with your family, the Shabbos meal, singing songs. But none of that are the derisas of Shabbos. Yes, covered Einig Shabbos, the Rabbanon, maybe the Vrein Neviim, Karasol Shabbos Einig, but that is not at all what Shabbos is. Shabbos is very clearly Loi Sasa Malacha. Don't do Malacha, right? And so the, the, the Rabbanon gave mitzvahs, first of all, tons of Rabbanons in order to protect that we shouldn't be over on Lama Tes Malachas, but they also gave Rabbanons to enhance Shabbos. You know, dress nicely on Shabbos, eat you know, a meal on Shabbos to celebrate Shabbos. But what is the essence of Shabbos? Well, that's Loi Sasa Malacha. Right? And so understanding what the essence of Shabbos is is important not to get confused with the Dirabanas. Don't get confused with the things that are not actually the Iker. Right? Even things that, what? Vayikadesh is what? Vayikadesh Hashem was Makadesh. There's no mitzvah of Kadesh. There's a mitzvah of Kiddush is, is, is the Dibur. At the, at the, at the, when, you, when, you, you know, when you introduce Shabbos, you should verbally say this is Shabbos. But what is Shabbos? It all comes down to understanding what Shabbos is. That's a good question. If you, yeah, we'll learn Chayrev. We'll, uh, we can talk, you know, we'll, that's, we'll get to it. Again, we're not, he's not going to get into every single mitzvah here now. I'm just showing you the concept, you know. It's, uh, you know, like another example is, uh, is Yom Kippur, right? So Yom Kippur, we spend the whole day in shul, right? And like, uh, let's, 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 you know, what is Yom Kippur? There's two mitzvahs on Yom Kippur. Loisasa Malacha and Inui. Right, so there's a lot of davening and a lot of piyutim and tefillah is an important part of everything, which we'll get to. But like, what is Yom Kippur? Right, Rosh Hashanah is a mitzvah to blow shayfer. So we get very busy with Yom Hadin and a lot of other davenings, but like, ultimately, what is Rosh Hashanah about? The, the meaning of the Yom Tov has to be understood in what the Torah actually tells us to do, and then everything else, you have to understand, the Rabbanon gave us all these things, but it's, if you want to understand what it's about, you have to look at the, at the Ekr thing. We get all excited, like the uh, Nisana Taikif, which is like a nice period. No, it's not, it's not about Kavana. We're talking here about, we're talking about what is the mitzvah? What is it? In understanding Taimei in understanding HaMitzvahs, in a verse, you need to look at the Da'iraisa that the Torah says. That is what the mitzvah is. That is where your reasons should be. And then the Rabbanans have to be looked at around it. This is, that's the context. That's all. It's, it's a different, you know... Again, in Rafresh, we'll talk about why mitzvahs triches kavana. We hold mitzvahs be'esem ain't triches kavana. You don't have to know the reasons for mitzvahs. That's not ma'akiv in the mitzvah, right? We'll get to all these little nuances, you know, as, as we go along. But basically, it's important to know what is the deirai, so what is the Rabbanan, to understand the mitzvah. It's a very important thing. Right? It's a very, very important thing. We get carried away. People tend to get carried away on the, on the Rabbanans, on like the Tuffles, right? When, when that's not what the mitzvah is about. Right? What is the mitzvah? That's important. 
Um, in addition, we must take into account the unique characteristics of the sources. He says like this, they are opposed as a matter of principle to transmission of the law in writing. In other words, Torah Shabbat Peh is meant to be Baal Peh. We're not meant to write down the Torah, right? So generally speaking, we were not into writing down Torah. Like nowadays, the floodgates have opened and everything that's written down is a thousand new farm coming out a week, right? But Be'etzim, the Torah, at least in the classical sources, was against writing. And thus, they spell out only specific particulars for practical applications, leaving the underlying general concepts the spirit to the word of mouth transmission and to individuals' personal efforts at analysis. He says, you know, he's, I'm not clear exactly what he's saying here, but, but one of the things that Hirsch writes about, and I think this is what he means here, if you look at Torah Shebech Sav, right? Torah Shebech Sav is not Torah. In other words, when we talk about the Torah, the mitzvahs of the Torah, it's not Torah Shebech Sav, right? The, the, the mitzvahs as they are described in Torah Shebech Sav, Right? If you try to paskin based on a Torah Shebech Sav, you'll be Michal, you'll be over on a thousand Yisroim a day, right? The Torah is Torah Shebech Sav. That is the law. The Torah Shebech Sav was written, at least as it pertains to the mitzvahs, in Rav Hirsch's understanding, as a way to help us remember Torah Shebech Right? Like, what's the what's the idea of a Gezer Shava? Gezer Shava makes no sense, right? It's like, oh, the same word here, right? The same word here. Mayer Habasulais, Gezer Shava, today, Basula. Habasulais tells you this halacha. Naira, Hanaira. It doesn't make any sense, right? This is like, if you want to write down a law, this is what you're going to do. These little tricks, like little games. Namer this over there, Namer this over there. But understanding the Tarsha Bechsav, as a verse says, as like notes when you're listening to a lecture. Right? So you listen to the lecture, you can't write down word for word. And even if you did, you couldn't capture the full essence of what the speaker is trying to say. There's so much that goes into a speech other than just the actual words. Right? There's the way he's saying it, the nuances, the inflection. The Torah Shebech Sav are the notes. When you're writing notes, right? So you're writing this kind of abridged versions of it, right? You're just writing it short. And you'll make a little arrow, and a little underline, and a little star which connects you to that little star, right? And that's, that's what it is, right? So Torah Shebech Sav are the notes to, as a way to help us remember and recall Torah Shebech Sav, which is the main Torah. So think about it, right? You know, think about what we're learning now in Nashim, right? Where are the mitzvahs of marriage, right? Where the whole, all the mitzvahs of marriage come out, come from the parsha of, guy gets married, divorces his wife, she gets remarried, divorces that guy, and then she remarries the first guy. And that's where we have all our halachas, right? The Tershah B'chsav will tend to tell us things in the most interesting way because that way you'll get, as many, you'll get tons of halachas in there, right? The first parsha of the Torah, her says, is Evid Ivri. Right? How many thousands of halachas do you have to know before you can understand those first three psukim? He's sick in the evidivri. You have to know halachas of gazela. Right? That's where Bezin sold the guy. You have to know kinyanim. You have to know marriage. The whole thing there about an amma of yiyud, right? There's millions of halachas. That is what makes up the essence of the Torah. These are the laws. The laws about living, the day-to-day. The mitzvahs and taryag, those are very specific, interesting cases that are meant to help you kind of remember the Torah. But that's, right? And so you're going to look for the Torah Shev and like, you know, so much of our like hashkafa of understanding the mitzvahs comes from Vertlach on the Parsha because like that's what we do, right? That's what we, when are we learning these things? We learn them every week on the Parsha. But the psukim sometimes are not always, you know, just reading the psukim themselves are not always the best way of understanding the broader Hashkafa, because the Torah by its nature is very, very specific. It's just kind of interesting, individual, unique cases which are meant to help remind us of a whole total, you know, uh, concept. So it's important for us to know, right? And, 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 and so most of the spirit of the mitzvahs, the Hashkafa, were not in the Torah because that's not what Torah was. That was part of Torah And so Torah so Rebbe Talmud and then in Agada to Gemaras and Midrashim, this is where, you know, and you have to know how to read it because even Tarish, you know, even Gemara is written very abridged compared to, you know, you know, every generation we're always expanding because more and more needs to get written down. 
And so, if you want to understand the mitzvahs, you have to look at things on a much, you know, you can't just look at, you know, the, 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 you have to look at the sources the correct way. You have to know which sources. After all the foregoing, what do you think you'll expect to find in the Torah, right? So, this is after all my introductions, you know, so what's, you know, let's, uh, let's actually stop here. So, uh, and then, uh, I guess we'll be in touch next week. But, um, again, the basic idea of Hirsch, again, this still we're giving the introductions to the mitzvahs, right? What we said last week, first of all, you know, you, you don't judge Yiddishkeit by the, you know, the, by the Middle Ages. Don't judge Yiddishkeit by a thousand years of European Jewry because we were simply cut off from the rest of the world. We were, we were busy surviving. So we focused a lot on Gemara Rashi Taisvis, on alumnus, on more, you know, on, on more theoretical as opposed to practical. And therefore, you know, we may not have a full understanding of the beauty and the spirit of the mitzvahs in the way that we would like. And what we said this week is that he's giving outlines, um, understanding, right, that uh, there's a lot more. If you want to read more, you know, you will, we'll learn the other svar and the chayrev. And then most important, number one, recognizing what is their right, so what is their avod. And if you want to understand the mitzvah, you need to look at what does the Torah say is aser. So let's say basu b'chalom. What is aser in dairaisa? It's animal meat, right? Animal meat and milk. And it's aser to cook, it's aser to eat, and it's aser to have anah, right? So chicken is not. So any, any shot of the mitzvah that you're going to give that's going to include chicken in the reason, right, is not going to work because midairaisa chicken's fine. So if you want to give a reason for a mitzvah, the reason cannot have chicken in it because that's only the Rabbanan. So understanding the mitzvahs on the Dairaisa, what does the Torah want, and recognizing that the Rabbanans are meant to be around it. And then, of course, is understanding that the sources have to be looked at correctly. You have to understand you know, what, you know, where to actually pull out the right sources. Again, he's not going to provide this information here, but you know, the, the more you learn of Hirsch, the more you'll see how he kind of extrapolated and he looked at things in a very, very broad way. He understood things in the context, the symbols of mitzvahs, the reason of mitzvahs, how all the halachas of the mitzvahs. I'll give you an example. You know, like when Hirsch handles like, you know, the mitzvah of Azazel, right? So he's giving pshan Azazel. Pushing the animal off the Azazel is not ma'akib in the mitzvah, which means that any pshan of the mitzvah of Azazel, right, cannot include pushing the animal off the cliff. It's sending the animal to Azazel is what's ma'akiv, right? Because that's how we paskin. The first one, he explains the mitzvah, we'll always explain it according to the way we paskin halacha, right? So, uh, so pushing an animal off the cliff can't be, in a, can't be essential to the lesson of Azazel because you don't have to do it. If it's not ma'akiv in the mitzvah, then it can't be, it enhances the mitzvah because midairaisen is a mitzvah to push it off the cliff, but it can't be essential to understanding the mitzvah because you don't have to do it. So understanding the halachas, and that's sort of Hirsch, and you learn, you learn his chumash, besides for, you know, uh, part of what he wrote it for was to show how Tereshebich Balpeh is included in the Tereshebich Sa, right? Because the reformers, hey, Tereshebich Sa, this is the written law, the ter- they, they deny Tereshebalpeh. He was showing how Tereshebalpeh wasn't just to fetch the rabbis making things up, but was actually shown very clearly in the Tereshebich Sa. Right, but in Hirsch also you'll become Amish a, a bucky in, 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 in shafts from learning his svarm. Anytime I learn new Gemara, new sugya, I like to first read of Hirsch on Chumash because he'll give an outline of all the mitzvahs, all the halachas, and all the Gemaras related to it. And that's part of it, you know, part of what I said before, he's trying to show how it's in the Torah Shabbat But also, because in understanding the reason of the mitzvah, right, you have to get every detail in there. He'll go through Tsaras, the whole parsha, every halacha, every gemara, every drasha, and then he'll give 20 pages showing how it all is consistent in one understanding. All right, so Metashem, uh, next week we'll get, uh, we'll get a little bit more into the, uh, the actual details.